Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by Adam. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Tony. How are you? I'm doing all right. Going to be a quick news show this evening, just to keep everybody in the loop of what's going on in the world of Disney. And unfortunately, or, or fortunately, it's just you and I. I'd like to think that's fortunate, Tony. Come on now. That is that is true. Although we do miss our we miss Liza and uh, we miss everybody else. And uh, hopefully they can come on soon because we like to see them. Exactly. Or at least hear them. Or at least hear them. That's true. So uh, what do we have going on? As I said, it's a quick news show. And there's been a lot of information coming out about tickets and annual passes of late. So this show is coming out uh, right before Thanksgiving. And but at a time of recording, the week of uh, November... 14th, 13th, Disney has uh, released some price, a lot of price increases for the parks. Now, the big thing is, well, they're they're all big, but the new thing is that they have set up now individual park-specific pricing for one-day, one-park tickets. So, in the past, the one-day, the one-day, one-parks were, uh, help me, Tony, were all the same price regardless of park you were going to? Correct. The 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 pricing was scaled or tiered uh, as our hotels uh, throughout the Disney property, but the price was uniform. So if you were going to go to the Magic Kingdom on August 20th or a park on August 20th, it was all one price. But welcome to the days of surge ticket pricing. They have ranges um, of what the pricing are for each park, and that's basically based on the tiers. So days that are closer to Christmas are going to be more or, or Christmas, I should say, for example, are going to be more expensive than days in, let's just say, September. The lower, lower busy times, lower crowd times are going to be the the lower tier and then the higher busy, higher busy, <laughs> more busy Larger crowd times are going to be the higher tier. And then, of course, there's pricing in between. I don't believe they released like the calendar for next year as in terms of like what is and what isn't tiers. If they you did, I. Yeah. So th- this also only really applies to single day tickets if you're only buying one day. I'm not. You can answer that question, Tony, is how many people do you think are only buying one day tickets? I, I would think, especially in Florida, most people are buying multi day tickets. I would agree. But, you know, every now and then people need a ticket for one day. When when Cheryl and I went down uh, two weeks ago, we could have used a one day ticket and we couldn't get one. Uh, the interesting thing that I think about this new change is that when you purchase a one day ticket, it will automatically make your park reservation for you. Uh, whereas in the past, you bought your ticket and then made your reservation, uh, your park reservation at a future date. But this will automatically do it at the time of purchase. Yeah, so you have to, which makes sense because you're buying, because there's these tiered, you know, pricing, you're buying a specific date eventually. It, might as well, it makes sense to reserve the, the date, the day that you buy, the, the same time you buy the ticket. Uh, it cuts out the extra step, which I think makes sense. Do, do you the, think we should share what the price range is uh, for people? Yeah, so what's also funny is by them doing this, they kind of like are telling you what they, what Disney values the parks at. I think, at least in terms of one day. So Animal Kingdom is 109 to $159. And that is no change. That's what the current pricing is. And it will stay that same range throughout the year, uh, effective December 8th. So I guess inflation doesn't uh, hit Animal Kingdom. Is that, I guess that's how you got to look at that, right? True. 
Next is Epcot. Epcot is $114 to $179. Hollywood Studios is $124 to $179. So the lowest day at uh, at Epcot and Hollywood Studios is, is a difference of $10, but the highest day is the same. So I guess they view that both that part, those parks are are equal value when it's crowded, but not when it's not crowded, which is interesting. And then the Magic Kingdom, which, which I think makes sense, it has the most things to do, 124 through 189 dollars. This is not including park hoppers. They didn't release the park hopping price. They said that the 189 dollar high price at the Magic Kingdom is only for nine days around Christmas and New Year's, which they hadn't released park hopping prices yet, and they really haven't sort of said what the multi-date pricing are, correct? Uh, You are correct. You are correct, but uh, also what I saw is that um, the cost to hop will vary by date. Uh, there will be some days where park hoppers will remain at $65, but other days it will be a higher cost. So, you know, when, when you look at the fact that, okay, let, let's take out that $189 at the Magic Kingdom for the week of Christmas, because I'm not going the week of Christmas. Maybe I'm going two weeks before Christmas when it's only $179 to visit for the day. Then I've got to add my Genie Plus. Then I definitely want to ride... Which- Genie Plus now it also varies in cost. It, that's right. It is on a sliding <laughs> a sliding scale. Then, you know, if, if we're looking towards the spring, I definitely want to ride Tron. So I'm going to need to do an individual lightning lane. So now that, you know, $179 ticket plus, let's say, at least $20 for the Genie Plus and then another $20 for the individual lightning lane, you're looking at approximately $219, $220 for one day for one person, which... I think is just insane. Yeah, it's a lot. If anything, it makes you really have to. You, you really got to plan this stuff out and um, and figure out where you're going to be spending your money and how much you want to spend it on, and and what dates you're willing to go. And hopefully, maybe you're flexible with with like vacation time, which I understand not everybody can do that, especially people like teachers and and that sort of thing, or if you're working like education as a whole. You know, I, I hate to say it, it's a lot of money. It really is. And I understand why. I mean, I, I understand why they, especially with Genie Plus, I understand why they put it on like a sliding scale. Right. I, I mean, you know, they're basically taking advantage of when people are um, thinking about going and when they think people are thinking it's going to be more expensive, more crowded versus not so crowded. I think the the problem that, that and we've talked about this a million times over is is there's a false sense of like of how crowded it really is because Disney can, you know, manipulate I hate to say it, but I think they are manipulating wait times on certain things by and it makes you maybe not ride something be or, ri- or ride not ride or ride something based on how the wait time is posted versus what it actually is and the same thing with with how they fill the parks um i mean unfortunately like epcot has most of the parks are, have been reopened with everything since covid shut everything down there are some there are some restaurants that still aren't open with which hold people but i but i i, I mean th- that like shows for example are they you know are they doing all, I don't know, eight shows of Festival of the Lion King? I don't right. know. I know like when when the Nemo show finally came back, 
they were canceling shows in early and early <laughs> early shows and later shows. I don't know why. I don't know if it was because they didn't think people were going to show up or if they had issues with the actors. I don't know. But not every just because something's open doesn't mean it's operating at peak capacity 100 percent yeah right and and that's something we just don't know and we can only you know guess but it's the attractions it's the restaurants that hold people and that you know if people if everybody's doing something then it's not going to seem as crowded as it probably really is because you know you're busy doing something and i'm talking about doing something i'm talking about like being on a line for three hours all right you know, I, I just find it amazing that, you know, you look at the at Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios and it that's over a 12 percent price increase uh, as far as tickets go. And then you hear in their earnings report from, you know, earlier this month, they reported seven point four billion in parks revenue, which is a 36 percent boost from the same period last year. So, you know, how, how much more are they going to charge? You know, I, I understand that the per per guest spending is up. And a lot of that is because of Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane uh, attractions. But, uh, God, they've got to hit the tipping point at some point. You know? I don't know. And 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 if anybody's going to – I mean, you you have clients that you book to go. I don't know if you want to reveal on the show or not, but, like, do you – is there people that, you know, don't aren't going as often or maybe as many days because it's more expensive or I think it's hard uh, to quantify that. It is. It is. And, and I will say as a travel professional that uh, personally, you know, my business has been impacted. I have guests that traveled every year uh, who are now every two years. You yeah. know, I have people reaching out to me and, you know, they hear what the pricing is and and they're turned off by it. It's just, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough. You know, I, I still think there's a lot of value in a Disney resort. And, you know, I like the Disney brand. Uh, a lot of it is for nostalgic reasons, um, you know, and, and just to see them to see them raking in money hand over fist. You know, everybody says, you know, this isn't what Walt would want, you know, but you have to remember that that Walt was a businessman. So he wanted to make money. You know, Bob Chapek wants to make money. The shareholders want him to make money. And I just think that, you know, every time they do this, they they push it, they push a, a Disney World, a Disneyland vacation closer to a niche market. You know, it, it's becoming almost like a boutique type of of property where not everyone can afford it. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, Walt's original intent was for families to have a place to spend time together. I've been reading a couple Disney books. I'm trying to remember which one. Was it the Dick Nunes book? So I've been reading the Dick Nunes book. It's called Walt's Apprentice. He started working for Walt uh, in Disneyland in 54, like right out of college. Amazing story, this guy. I mean, he played football at USC with uh, Frank Gifford and uh, Ron Miller, Walt Disney's son-in-law, who eventually became CEO of the Disney company. It's really amazing. Anyway, so this guy, Dick Nunes, had been with the company forever like for 40 something years mm-hmm. and i i'm pretty sure it was in that book he said that walt understood the plight of people of families of how hard it is how hard life is mm-hmm. and how that they deserve to have a break away from the real world and that's what 
he was trying to do with Disneyland. That's why they were very concerned with the cleanliness of the park, making sure everything was clean and making sure things like the rides and such were really, you know, as immersive as they could have been in 1955 to whatever story they were trying to tell. And um, I still believe that that part is still happening. The fact that you can be at these parks and not, at least for me, maybe I'm maybe I'm naive because I don't have kids or whatever. I'm not older enough to, to understand all of life, but you can be there and not have to worry about life's problems. Now, the, the reality, though, then is you end up spending all the money during the day to get to that point. And um, if you're budget conscious, you, you that might be a little scary for you. Mm-hmm. Because it depends on where you are in that situation. And if, you, if you're timesing that by how many kids you got and the spouse and everything, it, it adds on. And you, you could speak more of that than I can. And like you said, it's, it's you, you said, Disney, the parks are still a good value. I mean, this week they've been selling or trying to sell Taylor Swift concert tickets. And tickets for her are going anywhere from like 150 to a thousand dollars now a thousand dollars was like vip access but but still like and, and anywhere in between right and that's to see her in concert probably i would guess three hours is her concert's gonna be i think i mean maybe four right you have to you're sitting in one spot in a football stadium and it's through it starts in march and goes through the summer i don't know when it ends so so weather should be okay it's not going to be like snowing i don't think but that's you know you're only paying for a three-hour like concert experience where you're seeing the same person sing now granted if you like her you're going to want to and to the point where you want to see her and you want to pay all that money fine but when you compare that to the price of these tickets at disney you know you're there for you know if you play your cards right 12 hours a day doing all kinds of different stuff and you have all kinds of food options. And if you want, I mean, you could bring your own food if you really wanted to. Right. I don't, I don't think you could do that in a concert. I don't, I don't know. I haven't been to one in a long time, but I don't think they're going to let you bring, you know, bottled water and sandwiches into, I bet you they aren't. Um, if, if I recall correctly, your last concert was the imagination movers back in 2003. <laughs> you know, you, you do make a point that everything is expensive these days. But on the other hand, it, it's tough to compare the cost of a, a Taylor Swift concert to Disney World because the Taylor Swift experience is a limited experience, you know, a limited engagement in a particular geographical area. So, you know, she's coming up to Foxborough. She's coming to Giant Stadium for a couple nights. So you're paying a premium to see her, whereas, you know, Disney World is there every day. It's not going everywhere. It's available to you 24-7, 365 unless there's a hurricane. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm to the point where I don't see the, like I said, I get the value from a nostalgic reason, but I'm to the point where is it a value for my wallet and for Cheryl's very budget conscious wallet, you know? Um, and, and, and it's tough. It's tough, but, you know, you, you would think that they would try to make things easier. You know, we're, we're talking about single day tickets, but I believe you also have an update on annual passes, which should help ease the burden. Because if you are a local or you or you do go down to Florida multiple times per year, hey, what better solution than to get an annual pass? 
And I hear that they've raised the prices on the annual passes as well. Yes. Not only have they raised the prices, but you can't even buy one. Uh, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not kidding. They have the Pixie Dust Pass. That is $399. All of these do not include sales tax, and they do charge sales tax for these. Pixie Dust Pass is $399. That is for Florida residents only, and that uh, has not that price has not changed, and you can actually buy that one. That's the only one you can buy. However, it has a lot of blackout dates, and I'm pretty okay. sure I'm pretty I, like I like you can't go Christmas you, weeks, you can't go Thanksgiving, you can't go President's Day. I don't. I'm pretty sure you can't even go like in the summer. Right. Um, that's for like <laughs> that's for like if you're honestly that's if you're like a retired person and you can go on a Monday afternoon. You know, they have then the Pirate Pass, which is now 749. It was 699, so it, it, that's up fifty dollars. The Sorcerer Pass. Well, hold on, now, hold on. The, is, the Pirate yes. Pass is also uh, available to Florida resident, Florida residents only. Yes, yeah. Um, but, Pirates, but I believe that yes. the difference is that there are less blackout dates. Yeah, yeah. Pirate Pass being more expensive has less blackout dates than Pixie does. Uh, Sorcerer Pass is $9.69. It was $8.99, so that's an increase of $70. Right. Sorcerer Pass is Florida residents only or DVC can buy that. Correct. Um, but I'm pretty sure you have to be like the – I think you have to be a – a DVC person that purchased direct. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on that. If I'm wrong, okay. please tell me. Cause there's that whole, <laughs> there's the rules with DVC. If you buy direct versus if you buy on the resale, resale market right. and what you can't, what perks you can and can I get? Because like the sorcerer, like, cause if you're DVC, you can kind of technically be a Florida resident, at least in terms of Disney's eyes, but not a full Florida resident. It's really kind of strange. But anyway, so they let you buy the Sorcerer. And then the last one is the Incredipass. Oh, and the Sorcerer Pass, the blackouts, I'm pretty sure, are only around Christmas mm-hmm. and, and Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But everything else is wide open. Incredipass is the one I have. It's now $13.99. It was $12.99. So this is an increase of a thousand, not a thousand, a hundred dollars. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. And, and who is that available to? And credit pass is anybody. Right. Now in state, out of state. But like somebody like me, I can only buy the Incredit Pass. I don't have DVC and I don't live in Florida. So I can only if it was available, I can only buy the Incredit Pass. Now I have it and they are letting you renew if your pass comes up to its its, you know, end end date. So if you have a pass already, yes, you can renew. There's your pricing. But if you don't, there's the pricing for when eventually they let you they will buy one. Yes. R- rumor is that they will be for sale at some point in 2023. Uh, although I would not be surprised to not see them go on sale and just have them announce how much it will be the next time they go on sale. So maybe we'll get another <laughs> price increase before they actually go on sale. I really don't understand why they're not for sale. I don't, I mean, are they like, do they have, are they afraid of two? I mean, they can't, what they can do is, because you have, still have to get a reservation, like the Incredit Pass, you can hold up to six. No, it's not six. It's five. The Incredit Pass is up to five days. Yes, I, that's right. I can hold up to five reservation days that are not tied to a hotel. Mm-hmm. If I have a hotel reservation, on-site hotel reservation, then I can have unlimited because it's just you just reserve the days that you're staying in the hotel. In theory, right. you know. You have a night there. Essentially, what they want is they want you to stay on property so you can make multiple reservations. Because if you're yeah. off property, then you only have those five. Exactly. Yeah. So the, I mean, and for me, I have to stay in a hotel. I can't, you know, I can sleep in my car, but that's not going to really work, right? So mm-hmm. I, 
I, it, that that is really incentivizing me to then stay on site so I can hold multiple reservations for multiple trips at once. And the only way an annual pass for me makes sense is if I'm going multiple times. And and as of now in my life, I'm able to do that. Now, you know, as things change, who knows? But that's that's for another that's for a future that's for a future Adam to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, in theory, like if you there's a, if a park reservation is available, I could go every day. Right. Fourteen hundred dollars to be able to go whenever you know every day isn't terrible. The problem is, is like in practice, you can't go every day because you have to have the reservation available, and there are days that that things that get blocked out, yep. sold out. So. Yep. Now you know it's funny because you say you know why aren't they selling annual passes? For those of us who are uh, fans of Disneyland as well, well, Disneyland opened up their Magic Key Pass sales on November 16th, and on November 17th, they shut them down. So you could buy a brand new pass uh, and be a Magic Key holder uh, for one day. And the reason that they shut it down so quickly, and maybe this is why they're holding off on selling in Florida, is uh, based on a message that was on the website. Uh, due to the incredible popularity of our Magic Key program, we have stopped the sale of new passes at this time to help present, I'm sorry, to help protect the experience for Magic Key holders and the value those passes provide. So essentially, they're overselling the the annual pass. And I believe there is a group, I believe a group already of annual pass holders already attempted to sue Disneyland. Yes. Yeah, and Disneyland suit is, and it's still pending. It's not, it hasn't been final yet. Mm-hmm. And there is a, new, a group in uh, in Florida that is preparing to sue. So all these annual pass holders are suing, but they also put verbiage in the new annual pass contract that you could not sue. I don't know. We're a litigious society. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're suing because you know the the pass on one hand says. You know, you can go any. It's open, available any day, the every day of the year. But on the other hand, it says, well, you have to have a reservation, and reservations aren't guaranteed. So, but like, but who's to say that a reservation, that the that the park is full and no reservations are available? Like, that's up to Disney. Like, gets to control both sides, right? They get to control. Yes, you can buy a pass, but you can't come today because we have decided that there's enough people here today. But but who says there's enough people? Is that like, you know, is it really enough people or is that just you saying that because you don't want anybody more in because you can't maybe handle the crowd because you don't have enough people working? Right. We don't. That's like that's where that like that hidden um, factor is that we don't really um, we don't really know. And that's why they're like, hey, you know what? Because we've given you this money, you know, you have to you know be a little bit. You have to be you know transparent with us and telling us what's going on. And I think that's why. That's one of the reasons why at least this a lot of people were willing to file a lawsuit and right lots of <sighs> lots of upset people. But you know, if you are an annual pass holder, uh, you do get a special check-in lane in uh, Magic Kingdom, and I hear rumor that you get something very special when you check in. Are we talking about the gold uh, Magic Band turnstile thing? The the tap style. Tap style. That's that's what we're calling because really the thing doesn't turn anymore. That's right. Yeah, they they painted one gold, which I mean would have been nice to start the 50th anniversary with, because 
50 is gold but hey it happened during that's fine and all parks that would be nice too but i don't think they're doing that yet but uh that's pretty cool i i as an annual pass holder i do appreciate that the the rest of us simple folk will just use the silver ones (laughs) yeah it's all right it's you know but like you said they open up the selling of the annual passes and then they close them real fast or the magic keys they call them now in disneyland so yes I mean, I don't know how many they sold. I can't even imagine how many they sold in the 30 hours. But the fact that they had to stop within 30 hours, that's just that's so weird. Like, I did not like did they not anticipate? I, I My guess is they sold a lot to the point where they realized that they can't handle more people coming in. Well, I mean, we, we've spoken yeah. about that fact before that Disneyland is much more of a locals park. You know, it's right. If you walk two blocks from Disneyland, you're in the middle of residential neighborhoods. Anaheim has has developed, you know, around uh, Disneyland and it it just it draws a ton of locals. So, uh, you know, I get why they sold a lot. I get why they stopped selling. And, uh, you know, hope, hopefully we'll see annual pass sales in Florida at some point. Now, uh, one thing we I don't think we've talked about this. This is just something to, just some, something to think about. There is no more pass in Disneyland that does not have blackout dates. The most expensive pass still carries blackout dates of the week between christmas and new year's and i'm pretty sure the week before so there will be in theory there will be no annual pass holders those two weeks in disneyland unless if they buy a regular ticket and it'd just be interesting to see how crowded that really is because i i'm unsure of what the uh, of how many you know people travel to disneyland for like a vacation over christmas break I don't think it's as popular as it is in Florida. I know it's a big thing in Florida. I've done it a couple times with my family. Mm-hmm. We were down there for you know Christmas week, but you know I think it's a little different in Disneyland because it's such a local heavy park. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if they if they have they're going to get as many people as they think. But what do I know? I'm not the one looking at the Magic Key reservation stuff. So all right, well let's turn our attention to something that's a little happier. And that is the holidays. Uh, So we are now in full swing of the holiday season in the Walt Disney World Resort. And there is a ton going on. Is there not? No, there is. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get down there because I have other nonsense I have to deal with this this November and December. But... um, but it is the most wonderful time of the year, and I love being there during Christmas. Um, decorations alone are are worth it, I think. Yeah, I, I think the decorations and we just, for my, we just for, had a whole conversation about w- what we think isn't worth it now. <laughs> Say <laughs> decorations are worth. That's it. right. You know, I would pay eight hundred bajillion dollars to go uh, Christmas <laughs> week. Um, no, I, I would not really pay that much. Um, but I, I do think that you know Christmas week, the Christmas the Christmas season. Uh, in in Walt Disney World is amazing. Uh, they do go all out. And for my money, I think over the past 10 years, uh, the projection shows on the castle, on the Tower of Terror, on the Tree of Life, and on uh, Spaceship Earth are, are amazing. And, uh, you know, to see the Cinderella Castle lit up in Christmas colors, it, it, it's amazing. It's a lot better than the old icicles. Ooh, you like you like it better than the icicles? I like projection mapping. The dream lights, as they call them. I do not like the icicles. Wow, I, yeah. you're one of the few people that I've said that. 
don't get me wrong, icicles are nice, but projection mapping is is much better um, pro- mm-hmm. than than icicles. For well, my you get money. a different variety. You get a variety for sure. Exactly. You get different things going on. Exactly. So if you are going to go down to Walt Disney World for the holidays, uh, you know, you should always reach out to Main Street and More Travel if you're you're headed down and uh, if you don't already have your your tickets. Um, but if you are going down there, uh, you get to experience Mary, uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Uh, that is available on 24 nights between November 8th and December 22nd. Now, that's a separate hard ticketed event at Magic Kingdom. And uh you know, of those 24 dates, we were, we were talking before the show. What did you say that there is only one date currently with uh, openings? As of recording, there is one date, December 15th, available, which ironically is the day that Walt Disney passed away. Um, so I guess uh, I, you know it's a somber day to be celebrating, a, you know, a very joyful season. But hey, if you're listening, uh, if you're listening and you want to go, check out that date. Hopefully, it's still available for you. Right. And, and and we are recording on November 17th, which is Life Day, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, you know, I, I bet you that maybe 3% of all people who are in the parks on December 15th know the significance of that date. <laughs> well, I just, you know, it's funny, as I just read that in Dick, the Dick Nunes book, I just read about that day. <laughs> okay. <too> funny. <laughs> they weren't sure. Uh, you know, I, I should do a book review uh, episode, but they weren't sure if they should open the park. And they asked Lillian, Walt's now widow, and she said the show must go on. They, she was a trooper. So they they had the park open and they had the flag fly at half staff. They said it was very hard to 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 work especially for the people that worked with them because there was a lot right. of people that worked with them at those days but anyway anyway no, now i can I'm only imagine again. that's right um, so, so back to happier things back to the very yes. merry christmas party uh not <laughs> only do we have you know the projection mappings we have minnie's wonderful christmas fireworks which is an amazing show which involves the projections fireworks and christmas songs uh, of course, there is the Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Parade that it a- appears twice uh, daily throughout the course of the party. Uh, Santa even joins Mickey and friends. Uh, you get complimentary cookies and hot cocoa during the course of the party. Uh, you get to ride the Jingle Cruise, which is the uh, Christmas transformation of the Jungle Cruise. Um, let's see. Um, there are holiday makeovers at Space Mountain, Tomorrowland Speedway, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, and the Mad Tea Party. There's a dance party at Cosmic Rays, and uh, that's uh, there's a couple of Disney Junior events at Storybook Circus during the Disney Junior Jingle Jam, and that has Disney <laughs> Junior characters and a dance celebration. Uh, and there are some photo I'm opportunities. Gonna, I'm going to get you a T-shirt, Disney Junior Jingle Jam. That uh, that was my is name. Is my jam. Disney Junior <laughs> Jingle Jam is my jam. Is my jam. Uh, I've sadly been, not been at a Christmas party, and I need to do one uh, because I love Christmas and I love most of those things maybe not the jingle jam parade but or, or a right. dance party i'm all for free cookies and hot cocoa that's for sure well <laughs> and and let's you know air quote free uh cookies and hot cocoa well depending you know if you divide you know it's just like the taylor swift ticket idea right if you divide the hours you're there by how many cookies you're going to consume you know you might come out ahead it depends on you know your math skills and right. your stomach skills I uh, now the parade they do show that parade after the party's over at the Magic Kingdom. 
during the day. They switched the Festival of Fantasy Parade to the Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade so that you can the regular day cuts can see it. That's that's when the party's that's after the party's over, which the last date for the party you said was I think the 22nd of December. Uh, it is the 22nd of December, correct? Yeah. So then from the 23rd through no through July January something, it's got to be after the New Year. Uh, they're they're showing the the Christmas parade, so you could still mm-hmm. see it. All right, and uh, you know the the event is the Christmas holidays. I, I should say the holidays, not just Christmas, are not only celebrated in Magic Kingdom, uh, but at Disney's Hollywood Studios, there is the Santa Claus Merry Motorcade uh, that is happening now. He's in his uh, fire uh, candy apple red convertible. There is a flotilla. Uh, Santa Claus flotilla boat as part of the flotilla in uh, Animal Kingdom. And then over in Epcot, we've got the International Festival of the Holidays presented by Advent Health. That begins November 25th, right after Thanksgiving. Uh, And of course, as part of that, we have um, the Candlelight Processional, which is a a huge hit. Um, And uh, they're also going to have a Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind Christmas overlay with a holiday, one holiday tune. So you will not get your rotation of six songs. You will just get one holiday tune during the uh, Christmas holidays. I have heard that it's a mishmash of many Christmas holiday songs, like clipped together. Okay. It's not like a song. It's not, you know, Mariah Carey's uh, All I Want for Christmas is You, although I think that would be very cool. They probably don't want to pay her to do that, which I can understand. But although she's a big Disney fan, so maybe she would give them a good discount. I don't know. <laughs> but, right. Um, but yeah, that's but uh, I don't I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to get there when that is going on, which stinks. So I'm probably going to have to watch a YouTube video of Cosmic Rewind with the um with the Christmas song and it's not going to look, look as great online as it would be being there, but um, it, it never does. No, but they do have the holiday storytellers at Epcot where most, at most of the countries they have essentially what that country, uh, how that country celebrates Christmas. The, some of the high, I, I don't know if I'm going to go through all of them, but the, in Norway, they have the, the storyteller Sigrid, and uh, they talk about Norwegian Christmas traditions and including the jewel, excuse my, my language here, Julinson, it's a gnome who's like a uh, mischievous gnome that uh, comes around. That's kind of cool. Um, China, they do like stuff with Chinese New Year, which is nice. Um, Italy, which Tony, Tony and myself are Italian-Americans. At least we pretend that we are. We are. And they have the La Benfica. Banafa, which is a holiday witch. Yeah, La Banafa is not big talks, in my family. Yeah, I, I, we, my, we never heard of it, and my, you know, I asked my grandparents, and they never heard of it either. So I don't know where they came up with that thing, but <laughs> um, they have more. They have like a more traditional looking Santa in France and the United Kingdom, UK. They call him Father Christmas. I think it's it's cool that you get to learn a different um. The different, you know, traditions around the around the countries. Now, they they have like a set schedule. I think they're like 15 minute, 20 minute long stories, um, and they have a schedule up in terms of when they're out. So they're not just like random. You can plan ahead if you want to see all of them or most of them, which is nice. I just wish that they started this earlier in November, because I mean, technically, the festival of the holidays starts 
on November 25th, which is Black Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving. But whereas in Magic Kingdom, Christmas has started already. So I just I kind of wish that they they extended this because right now it's still food and wine in in Epcot, believe it or not, uh, which will be ending soon. But we're in this time period of, you know, Halloween starts August end of august basically right so christmas now needs to, you know has the christmas season has started you know november 1st or close to it so it well, would be nice if they would you know do all of those things early november but yeah i i will tell you i can't wait for black friday because i need to go out and buy some easter candy <laughs> and and i pretty much believe we roll right from thanksgiving into the start of the easter season <laughs> You forgot about um, Valentine's Day, Tony. Oh, yeah. Well, that's been out since uh, since Arbor Day. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing uh, that you don't see that often uh, is lights in the park on dinosaurs. And over in Dino Land USA, they've actually lit up some of the fossils uh, for part of the 2022 holiday season, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, the dinosaurs covered head to toe, head to tail in lights. Uh, and the lights are synced to music. So, uh, you know, it's not the Osborne lights, but uh, but it is a festive holiday lights. If Dinoland is the kitschy roadside attraction version of America, which is what it's supposed to be, adding the Christmas lights like that, I think really plays into that narrative. So I, that's mm-hmm. very that's very fun that they're doing that. Right. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't think... have not everything has to be. Victor- I mean, I love a Victorian Christmas, you know, I love a Vermont or a Connecticut, you know, countryside manor, right, with mm-hmm. white with white wainscoting and, and wreaths and garland everywhere. But I do, but you know what, sometimes you got to have a little bit of fun, and it's okay to have, you know, Hank Christmas lights set up to music on a dinosaur. Exactly. And And speaking of Victorian Christmases, what's going on over at the Grand Floridian? The Grand Floridian has its gingerbread house back. It is it is a house. I mean, it's two it is. stories. <laughs> I, I believe it is the largest gingerbread house on property. Uh, oh, it has to be. I, I think it's the largest house on property, technically speaking, right? Because <laughs> there's not many houses. Well, I guess the uh, the Golden Oaks now, maybe before Golden Oaks. There right. would be something to look up. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah, so in the lobby of the Grand Floridian, they have a gingerbread house and, like, uh, they sell gingerbread out of it. It's like a store. Um, you can buy uh, all other kinds of like, you know, you know, chocolate such and candy canes and everything. It is all I mean, there's a I'm pretty sure there's a wood frame underneath, but everything everything you see is edible or was when they put it up on there. You know, with That's icing right. I mean, and the, the, the wood and base, such. the wood base is not edible, um, but uh, well, it, is, termites, maybe it is. That's true. Uh, it is seven feet tall and 12 feet wide. Uh, the house is made from 1,050 pounds of honey, 140 pints of egg whites, 600 pounds of confectioner's sugar, 700 pounds of chocolate, 800 pounds of flour, and 35 pounds of spices. So uh, it's a big gingerbread house. And like Adam said, you can actually buy gingerbread shingles with dark chocolate coating, uh, as well as hot cocoa bombs and all sorts of Christmas holiday treats uh, from the Grand Floridian uh, gingerbread house. And it's pretty cool. You know, not not to be outdone, the, the contemporary has to get into the mix as well. They have a 50th anniversary theme uh, gingerbread display 
kind of a tribute to Mary Blair as well as a 50th anniversary tribute to uh, Walt Disney World uh, that is on display in their lobby. It, it kind of uses the facade of Small World uh, as well as the castle behind it. Uh, very whimsical looking. Now, have you you've been down there for Christmas, right? For the holidays, not not Christmas itself, but during well, the Christmas both, season. But, but yes, this contemporary gingerbread display, it's like a flat. Uh, it's fairly new, so I've never, I don't believe I've seen this one before. Yeah, this this is a new one for them. And who else? Let's see, the Animal Kingdom this year has a, a baby giraffe made out of gingerbread. Uh, and that is uh, exciting for them. This one, and I have seen this. At, at the American Adventure, in the inside in the rotunda, they have gingerbread versions of the U.S. Capitol, the Lincoln Memorial, the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, and the American Adventure itself. The Amer- is that what? Really? Yes. So that's not the U.S. Capitol. That's the supposed to be the. That's not right. That's what it says. So I'm looking def- at it. That's the Capitol Dome. That is definitely not the U.S. Capitol, not with blue slate shingles on top of it. And the and the sign that says the American Adventure in front of it with two squirrels. Right. We, we must be looking at two different pictures because the one I see yes. has a Capitol building in it and, and a uh, Jefferson Memorial in it, too. Either way, you got to go check that out because they have multiple buildings that they've set up displays for. Oh, and, and you're right, Adam. I'm looking at the 2021 display. Ah, uh, see? That'll teach me. <laughs> All right. And the last gingerbread, I want to say gingerbread house, but it's not a house. Uh, the last gingerbread art on, on property is the gingerbread themed carousel at the Beach Club Resort. I enjoy the Beach Club Resort at Christmas. They they not only have um, the gingerbread, uh, but the Yacht Club also has a train display. And, uh, you know, I like trains at Christmas. Everybody loves a train, a miniature train with miniature houses display, right? Everybody likes that. Yes. Um, the carousel turns, too. It does. And the uh, horses are themed after princesses. There yeah, is, that's, um, that's cool. Yeah, there's a Tiana-themed horse. There's an Elsa-themed horse and a Snow White-themed horse. Now, none of those princesses have anything to do with, like, you know, 1900s atlantic city boardwalk but no i guess i guess i'm gonna have to let that pass yeah. slide i should say it's it's not too historically accurate no i mean the carousel makes sense because it's that's that's something you would have on a boardwalk as a ride but still all right so you know the the big weekend the big finale of setting up for the christmas holidays is of course the weekend after thanksgiving uh that is when the big tree goes up i know epcot's tree is up already but it's amazing if you've ever watched them put up the tree in one night. There's usually some time lapse photography that that uh, Imagineering or, or Disney Parks will put out, and you can watch them install, you know, a 70, 80 foot tree over the course of of eight hours, uh, which is which is always pretty neat. Uh, and of course, other holidays are celebrated: um, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Uh, what other holidays? Am I missing any? Festivus? No, that's a universal <laughs> thing. That reminds um, me. I have to find my Festivus pole. <laughs> uh, they do an Animal Kingdom Diwali, which is Diwali. a festival of lights, but that's that's happened already. That was yes. early November. Yeah, and then uh, and then of course New Year's. They'll do you know you'll have New Year's uh, Eve fireworks coming up in uh, Magic Kingdom and in Epcot. 
And Hollywood Studios is open until midnight this year as well. So they're they're I'm sure they'll do some kind of they haven't said yet, but I'm sure they'll do some kind of um firework display there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only park that usually doesn't make it open until midnight is Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and that's because um they have to put the animals that, away. That's because no, that's because the Yeti comes out at night. Ah. I didn't know that. Oh, that's a good tweet. I should work on that. Yeah, yes, you should. So let's talk about our last item in tonight's news show, and that is the Disney Cruise Line has purchased an unfinished ship, uh, which I find amazing. Uh, this rumor started hitting the grounds in early October, and uh, Disney has purchased the Global Dream, which is a 19-story ship that is partially completed. It is over it's a it's a Meyer Wharf ship. That's the same shipyard. It's the same shipbuilding company that has done uh, the past couple of Disney ships and is working on their Triton class ships. Um, but I don't believe it's the actual same shipyard uh, that uh, the that the wish came from. Uh, so the original owner was Genting Hong Kong. Uh, and during COVID-19, they opted to not complete the ship or its sister ship, which had been ordered. Uh, so this new ship is expected to carry 6,000 guests uh, by the time it's finished. It's going to be the first ship uh, which utilizes a green natural gas, which is supposedly the um, one of the cleanest forms of, of uh, energy uh, that is available. And it's, uh, it's a big ship. It, it's uh, supposed to be headed uh, to a non-U.S. destination, the ship was originally built for the Japanese slash Chinese uh, routes, um, so no word on where it will be home ported. But Disney has stated that it will not be going um, that it will not be going to the U.S. It is expected to be delivered in 2024 or 2025, uh, and making their maiden voyage then. So, I mean, this is this is big news. It's it's supposed to have an amusement park. You know, I had heard originally that they were uh, talking about a 9,000 ca- person capacity, and there's always there's always two numbers with ships. Um, the first is capacity, and that's based on two people per stateroom. And then there is a maximum capacity when all of the staterooms are fully occupied, because not every stateroom is a two person stateroom. Uh, so I've heard that this ship can hold up to 9,000 people. Uh, it's uh, about 1,100 feet long. And it's going to have an amusement park, a water park. It's supposed to have the largest cinema uh, at sea. It's going to have sports facilities, a disco, a shopping mall, and bars. Now, I do notice that they do not mention casino, um, you know, as Disney is one of the few ship lines that does not have a casino on board. Um, So it looks like they are going to keep that, uh, uh, you know, intact for the cruise line. Um, This is going to be the ninth ship in the disney fleet um no eighth uh, the wish was five right and then we've got what's the next ship? well depend i guess it depends on if it opens up after the treasure right the treasure is supposed to be delivered around the same time and then there is the third triton class ship which has not yet yes. been named yeah so um i have a couple things i want to i wanted to ask you about um about this number one we don't well, we don't know how much they paid for it but we're assuming that they paid a lot less than what it would have been to actually start building it from scratch correct 
Um, cause these cruise ships to build them cost billions of dollars. And, and I don't believe they paid billions of dollars for this. No, I can't I, imagine. I can't imagine they did cause they don't have the, they don't have the money to do that. The big discourse about this, that my, that this, you know, this is something to talk about is the casino aspect. My understanding of the Chinese market and, and, and the Southeast Asian market as well, Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, those people, they like to vacation i'm not like economically a lot of them maybe can't travel to the united states to go on a cruise ship so disney must look at this and think this is an opportunity to bring disney to them basically without having to build another theme park which they already have you know in shanghai and hong kong um in that area of the of the world it's my understanding that the asian cruise market they like to gamble whether on land macau is an area of Near Shanghai, South China, it's like kind of its own country. It's kind of like a Hong Kong situation. Uh, it's a big, big gambling casino area. It's like Vegas. And they like to gamble on cruise ships. And I just wonder if Disney is, is Disney really going to uh, – they didn't mention it now, but a lot can change between now and when the ship opens up if right. they're going to put a casino on this, especially if they're not even going to base it out of the United States. That will be very interesting to see. I'm actually looking at some of the uh, artists' renderings from when the ship was uh, – when they laid the keel, and I do not see a casino at all. Now, I don't know if that's part of the original plan or if Disney uh, has opted to not – oh, actually, as just as I scroll that, I now see poker mm-hmm. tables. Oh. So in the original design, I, I do it, – it's not a casino per se – um, but it is poker tables, so there's no blackjack. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, no slot machines. Um, okay. But I do see I do see poker tables right next to the fitness picture, uh, fitness center picture. So uh, it looks like in the original artwork uh, there was some. Disney has not mentioned whether they will put one in there. You know, their their history of of their five ships is is that there have to date been no casinos. So you're, you know, you're right. It's, it's a different, uh, you know, it's a different country. It's a different culture. You know, the ship was originally planned to be home ported in Shanghai. So, you know, we don't know if, if that will hold true, uh, once Disney takes ownership. Uh, but the ship is about 75% completed and, uh, it'll, it'll be fun watching, watching the progress here. You know, it's, it's expected to be painted in the traditional, uh, Disney cruise line colors, including the red funnels. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's fun and it's going to be it's a gigantic ship. Yeah. Like I even wonder if they're even going to advertise and market this to us in the United States. Like, will it be on your booking site for Disney Cruise Line or is it just going to be like real exclusive to that that area of the world? Oh, I don't right. they don't say I mean, they don't say, listen, it's early. I mean, this is this is us. Well, we're you know, still two years away. They don't say where it's going to be ported, just that it would be based at it'd be non-US based. So, I mean, right. just based on my based on like Disney's popularity in that area of the world. I mean, they built Shanghai and it's popular, even though it's been kind of half closed for a couple of years because of coronavirus. Right. Uh, it's still it's it still is popular. Um, and in Japan, it, Disney is insanely popular. And I feel like this is a way Assuming this is where it's going, this is a way to bring Disney to that, you know, to that area of the world without having to p- 
put concrete into the ground. Um, right. Well, I think know, it, I, I think it I think it makes as if if they keep their their Disney traditions and their commitment to uh, service that that you love so much because you've been going for so much um, and why your clients keep going back. If they can keep that in that situation, that'd be really amazing. No, I, I, I agree. It, it's a great opportunity. Uh, and, and from a travel agent aspect, I, I will let you know that, you know, right now, uh, as a travel agent uh, for Main Street and more travel, we actually have the ability to book cruises that are out of the continental U.S., Europe, uh, and as well as the Australian uh, and New Zealand cruises that are going to be happening when the wonder goes over there. Uh, in the mm-hmm. near future. So, uh, you know, right now we have the availability to, to book all of that. So I, I don't see why they would stray the course and not make it available uh, to anyone who can book Disney cruises. Um, it's just, you know, it's very interesting to see them get into the mega ship uh, category. And um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be fun. I'm very excited. Um, for it. I don't know. It's like a, it's a new world for them. It's it's taking on something that's been built. Now they're going to have to retrofit it the way they want it. And right. And a tough economic climate. This is the company that built the, the German com- the German shipbuilder is the one that built the dream fantasy and wish and Correct. is building the treasure. And I'm guessing is building the last one. Um, one more one more thing. I just have they keep saying it's going to be like the eighth ship. You know, we said the ninth ship. The wonder and the magic are over 20 years old. By the time this one's done, they're going to be 25 years old. That is true. Uh, the, I, the, ma- the magic will hit 25 years uh, in 2023. You know, there, there's been a lot of rumor, you know, that the magic may be on its way out as the oldest ship in the fleet. I would like to see Disney Cruise Line honor her uh, with some type of, you know, 25 years of magic or 25 years of the magic. <laughs> Um, to see her good. reach that that you know that milestone, you know, with the way they're repositioning the ships, we we know the Wonder is going into the Pacific Theater uh, for a bit uh, and going trans-Pacific. The Magic is going to have to pick up a little bit of that Alaskan slack. So there there's still you know there's still a place right now for the Magic. Um, the Magic used to do the European and Mediterranean itineraries, but next year the Dream is going to start doing that. Uh, because the dream has been replaced by the wish, uh, home ported out of Port Canaveral. So, uh, you know, there, I, I think right now there's still a need for the magic, uh, but the magic and the wonder. You know, you're right. They're 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 both approaching 25 years. I, I don't want to say they're they're tired, because Disney mm-hmm. does a wonderful job maintaining the ships. But you know, they they are getting up there as as far as cruise ships go. So um, I, I would not be surprised as the two remaining triton class ships are delivered if we see you know a sunset for either one or both of those ships and and it will be sad whether or not they can fill all these ships is is um is an interesting story whether or not they can staff all of these ships i mean they're having a staffing problem in in the parks um now they're gonna have to staff you know are they gonna staff all these ships at once i don't that's hard uh, it's hard to do that and maintain, you know, a, a level of, you know, quality that you're that you're known for in the industry. And the reason why you could charge more money for these cruises than any other cruise line. So I I was just thinking, like, I wonder if they are getting rid of the older ships without saying it. They're just going to eventually do it. 
because at some point, you know, a cruise ship is more or less like a car. Eventually it's going right. to have, it's going to, you know, depreciate to the point where it, it doesn't make sense to keep maintaining it anymore. You're just putting too much money into it. But, but at the same time, I know there's a personal, like, um, you guys, you, you cruise people have a personal, like, uh, invested almost like interest into these ships and you don't want them to, you don't want them to see them go away. Well, I get I mean, that. It's, it's, it's no different than your favorite ride or attraction in any of the parks. You know, when Mr. Yeah. Toad gets ripped out of Florida, people get upset, you know, and, and yeah. there are people, our first cruise was on the magic. Um, see. so it, it kind of holds, you know, a special place uh, for us and, and we've enjoyed sailing on the magic multiple times. Um, but you know, I think the writing is on the wall that the, the, the magic and the wonder, you know, they're, they're reaching their end of life. Uh, the dream and the fantasy are probably what those were delivered in 2000, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Those are like 10 years old. Yeah. So those ships are not that old. Um, and you know, the magic and the wonder have, have had their day and, and at some point, they're, they're going to have to leave the fleet and, and it will be sad, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's a necessary part of the of the cruise ship rotation. One more question. What name do you think they're going to go with with this new ship? What do you think they're doing? What do you think? What would you want it to be named? Um, I, I never know uh, what they're doing. <laughs> um, I would, you know, I, I would I would hope that it just, you know, maintains uh the naming structure, you know, the whimsical naming structure uh, that they've done with the other five uh, ships. I'm sure they'll f- pick something fitting. I feel like most of them are verbs, you know, fantasy, wonder, magic. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. they're not nouns. Right. Um, treasure can be a verb, but it's also a noun. Like a treasure is like a, a physical thing. Well, I, um, I treasure you, Adam. Oh, thank you. Before Treasure came out, I thought they were going to go with, like, Enchantment, because Enchantment is another whimsical verb, like fantasy. and mm-hmm. But maybe maybe they didn't want it to associate Enchantment with the the uh, fireworks show at the Magic Kingdom Enchantment, so maybe that's why they didn't change that. I don't know. But, like, so, anyway, so we've got Treasure. We don't know what that third ship that they're building right now, or, or maybe they're not building it yet. Maybe they are. I don't know. What that will be, and then you got this new one, this like ob, this massive one. Maybe it'll be like I don't know, the gigantic or something like that, you know, because it's just so big. Right, the monstro. Maybe they'll call it monstro. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that would, and then they put the, the, they paint his face on the front or something. That would actually look kind of funny. There you go. No, we'll. Uh, I'm sure that will be, that will probably be the big news next holiday season. Uh, when Disney does their uh, holiday shows, you know, the Christmas parade, uh, they'll make the big announcement on the on the ship name because oh, that's, that's usually true, that's what true. they do. You know, uh, before we end, uh, this show is going to come out right before Thanksgiving. I just want to say I'm thankful for the listeners for listening constantly for almost five years or five year anniversary is December 5th. I want to thank you, Tony. I'm thankful for you for for leading uh, leading us. um through another year of uh, podcasting and uh, dealing with my weird ideas. <laughs> that That's right, because luckily our listeners, who are the best listeners in the world, uh, do not know half of what uh, your crazy ideas are. Um, you know, they only get what comes to air. Uh, they don't hear the discussions <laughs> beforehand, so they are very lucky. And, you know, I would like to say that I, too, am thankful 
uh, for our listeners, our fans, uh, you know, without we've said this before, without our fans, we'd just be uh, a number of people sitting around talking about Disney. And we're we're happy that you're able to uh, join in and listen on in on our conversations. And we appreciate your input on the website. We appreciate your business when you uh, book with Main Street and more travel. Of course, I am very thankful for Chris Wood uh, and, uh, you know, her guidance and and leadership with the podcast and the travel agency over the years. And, uh, you know, you're right. We are coming up on the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, two things I did not mention when we were talking about the holidays at Disney. Uh, You have two opportunities on ABC. November 27th, the wonderful world of Disney magic holiday celebration uh, hosted by Derek and Julianne Huff. And then, of course, the Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade on December 25th. So you will be able to watch those. Uh, And, of course, they will be airing on Disney Plus after they air live on TV. So recorded live on TV. So uh, I hope that uh, everyone has a great and festive holiday and that you're able to spend your Thanksgiving with family and friends. And, uh, well, I, I think it's time we can actually wrap this up. All right. So I'd like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of my treasured partner, Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.